This is Improvised Radio Theatre with Dice. With me, Michael Kuehl. And me, Roger Bell-West. And this month, uh, looking out across High Wycombe, we see a vast frozen planet. Speaking of which, this month we're going to be exploring several frozen planets and some uh, jungle planets as well, and uh, and some uh, vast... Uh, expanses of adventure in the far, far future. Uh, We're going to be having a look at Traveller. Just before we get started, I'd like to say thank you to our donors who encourage us to keep this going. Uh, Glenn Lewis, Brian Parker... Thank you very much. Anybody else who'd like to join them, paypal.me slash rogerbw will reach us. Thanks. But before any of that, I have some Kickstarter news. Now, how many games involving Cthulhu and the works of H.P. Lovecraft, do you suppose there are now? Too many to be counted by rational numbers. I think yep. I mean rational numbers. There, there's a chap on the Yogg-Soth forums who's been trying to uh, make a record of all of them, and it's, it's somewhere in the 40s, I think. Anyway, there's going to be another one. Uh, this is... I, sh- I should say, we're not getting Joy. any compensation or consideration for this. I- I'm not an insider in any way. I am just find this vaguely interesting. Uh, Green Ronin is going to be kickstarting Cthulhu Awakens. Uh, and there are two interesting things about this. One, it's using the age system uh, in yeah. much the same way that the uh, Expanse RPG does, or indeed Modern Age, which we've talked about here before. The other is that they are explicitly trying to be inclusive, which is always a consideration with Lovecraft, and I'm glad to see somebody saying, if you're the sort of person who doesn't like that, well, you're not the audience for our game, we're not going to try to pander to you. So, yeah. So that is starting on the 15th of February. All right. I have to question whether letting Cthulhu awake is really a good idea. I mean, looks what look what's happened to the laundry files uh, since uh, the author decided to let evil triumph, uh, at least enough to reflect current political British reality, or British political reality, whichever it is that I mean. Um, is this actually going to be about Cthulhu rising from the deep and staying there? There is very or staying li- up. There is very little information available so far. Uh, the impression I get is that it is basically going to be a cult investigation. I'm not saying I'm automatically going to back this, but unlike the vast majority of RPG Kickstarters I hear about, I am at least going to give it a look, and so I thought I would mention it here too. Well, fair enough. Um, we we may come back to this uh, and give it more free advertising uh, when it, when it is more mature.
we thought it would be a good idea, in fact, quite a jolly jape, if we took a look at one, and perhaps later more, of the long-established role-playing games um, that are currently in print and currently have actively being serviced editions. And at the top of the list, because uh, Roger and I both agreed that it was a good idea to do this one, was Traveller, um, the great and continually really quite good uh, game of interstellar empires and adventuring across the spaceways. Now, this is an old game, Roger. I, th I think it's, it's uh, worthwhile to, set, to say that. It, it, it dates back to... Uh, the, it's not the very, very first SF games, but the, it's the first notable one, the first, um, the first one that wasn't just uh, some people putting it together uh, with some uh, with a uh, with a duplicator and what have you. And it dates back so far into the days of the dinosaurs that I believe it was before the opening Games Workshop. Um, opened the Dalling Road shop, and to, to buy my copy, uh, my first copy, I had to go to an obscure um, address in West London and there be served <laughs> personally by a person who is now um, a knight of the realm and a companion of the British Empire. At least I think it, I think it was Ian Livingstone. I, I picked it up off. It could have been one of the other two. Um, and it certainly reflects the times in which it was created, I feel. It might be best, actually, to start by, by saying something about its first um, creator's game, Games Designers Workshop, which was um, created as a means to um, publish uh, board war games, mostly, and it continued to be a board war gamer um, output for pretty much all of its existence publishing stuff mostly by Frank Chadwick um, and by others, and mostly focused on World War II, and after that, the American Civil War, and after that, uh, all sorts of other games. Um, uh, classical Greek and Roman was also in there. It would be fair, I think, to describe them as the third geographical wave of what would become role-playing, because unlike the East Coasters, and the West Coasters, Chaosium, they were in normal Illinois. I, 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 okay, how, how close to the coast is Lake Geneva, I have to ask, because I, I have the feeling that was somewhere in the uh, All right, Wisconsin is Midwest, but Wisconsin is, is Midwest that want... Yeah. That, yeah, it, it, it's farm boys. And normal Illinois, actually, you know, it, it, it's close. It has a city nearby. I don't know, it's, it's a slightly different ethos. Okay. We're British. We have enough troubles with our own geographical snobbery. Let's not get into the Americans. The um, and anyway, as I say, it's a, it was a a board war games thing, and that tied into Traveller at several places in its later history. Um, they used their ability to publish things like um, uh, Snapshot and um, and. Uh, the Fifth uh, Frontier War and Invasion Earth, mm -hmm. which were 
which were which were um, events in the in the Traveller universe, in the default Traveller universe, and helped not only to publicise the role playing game to but to establish the background and flesh it out. Though also Snapshot and um, Mayday, which came out a little earlier, were basically, if you want to have, in the one case, tactical vehicle-based combat, in the other, starship combat, in your game of Traveller, well, here is this boxed game you can buy. Yeah. And indeed, the the, the background to, to, the, to the Traveller universe started with one of their uh, board war games, Imperium, which was about first contact between Earth and a stellar empire. So, so I think it's also fair to say, from a historical point of view, that it's it's got a lot of the flavour of the science fiction of the period. <laughs> it tra- uh, original traveller and to, uh, uh, that wasn't meant to be sarcastic. No, I, no, I uh, quite like a nineteen seventies analog. There is quite quite a serious point here, uh, and I, I will quote from the interview with Mark Miller in White Dwarf number 23. You have been doing research. Uh, where they asked him what he got inspiration from, and what he says, and he, he, he mentions that, yeah, he likes science fiction films. What he talks about specifically yeah. uh, is Paul Anderson's Dominic Flandry series, E.C. Tubbs' Dumarest series, Jack Vance's Demon Prince series. Mm. He mentions films and television, but doesn't name any of them. He points out that Star Wars came out after the manuscript for Traveller was finished. Yeah. Uh, and then there are little things like you know, the inertial tracker from Podkin of Mars, the Saigonic shield helmet from Flandre of Terror, that kind of thing. Um, but it is very clear, and it, it has become increasingly obvious as the years have gone by and the setting has stayed more or less the same, that this is mm-hmm. your 50s and 60s and a bit of 70s science fiction primarily. Yeah, I uh, with obviously earlier pulp influence as well, but that but that's that's where it's happiest. Yeah, and and that's where it 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 tends to assume the future is going to be. It, it's contemporaneous with Niven and Pornell's stories of the Codominium, and they and a lot of mm. other stuff that was in analog in the nineteen seventies is is very much. Uh, built into the background. Another thing that's built into the background is the, as I have to say, the Vietnam War, because um, the omnipresence of military service in the uh, in the in the background of character generation and of all the things that the Imperium does, uh, and the focus being on the people who go from world to world and place to place and solve problems and do things it it feels to me very much like the the assumptions of the american military in the 1970s and up to a certain extent still if i can cross promote here uh, another Go podcast on. i'm involved in ribbon of memes we recently talked about aliens yeah and that is also i mean that's that's a few years after this of course but it is also very much you know the last large scale conflict america has been involved in at that point when the film is made is vietnam it informs everything um, yeah uh, you've it, also it, done it's that. all through and yes i agree it's all through this as well yeah um i i don't more recent when this was being written yeah um i don't think this is a bad thing it led to some of the innovations in the in, in role-playing that Traveller started. And it's notable how early innovations are there in uh, in all role-playing games. Uh, Tunnels and Trolls 
was already saying um, that we can do better than Dungeons and Dragons. And uh, Traveller takes off in other directions. Do we want to mention that now, or do we want to go on with the history of um, of how the how the line developed? We've talked about it briefly in in a previous episode, I think. Um, but sh- sh- shall we uh, fast forward a bit over over the intervening versions? Uh, just say that there have been several uh, some by Games Workshop, yeah. Workshop, some by other companies. That Digest Group Press started as a bunch of fans. And they gradually got more and more influence over it. That's that's where the task profile system came from that was in Mega Traveller. Uh, then there was Traveller New Era, which we certainly talked about. Traveller uh, and GDW have been notable for cooperating with and co-opting um, fans of their, their systems. Bringing, uh, they, they let Judges Guild... Um, do the first large-scale um, depiction of areas of space in their setting, and they, uh, uh, in contrast to not uh, large numbers of other people, they were not heavy with the cease and desists, but uh, but prefer preferred to get people involved and licensed and doing things in a way that would support the line, which was sensible. They did go off very much into their own into Developments that weren't entirely successful with some later versions, <laughs> and by the time we've, we've right, talked about right. the plot, yeah, yeah, uh, well, they 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 ran they ran a meta plot and ran right into all the difficulties that meta plots can can bring. Um, I, it 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 wasn't for them a successful way of renewing um, the property. And by the time it had broken up, there had been there had been at least one version, um, GURPS Traveller, which demonstrated that the classic setting of the system, the Third Imperium, was really one of the things that people were coming from, and not something to um, reinvent or um, uh, or put aside. Nowadays. I think this jumps into some extent yeah. um, to why are we interested in this? Because we are both, by inclination, people who run stuff in GURPS. Yeah. So why why are we looking at this? Yet another company is publishing Traveller. Oh yeah, there there, there was Traveller Four, and I think was that, <sighs> did Traveller Five ever actually come out and was widely think, hated, or did it? I, I think it, it, I think it came out and was. I, I think it was widely ignored. Uh, Mark Miller still has uh, has the rights to the to the name and the. Space system in the background, but his own output on that isn't as successful as Monkey's, to put it um, politely. The uh, uh, the 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 leading publisher uh, nowadays is the British-based Mongoose Publishing. Britain has always had um, a strong a traveller fan base. Um, I think uh, British Isles Traveller support is still running and still producing stuff. I've certainly seen them at conventions. Yeah, and uh, and Mongoose has the uh, has the rights to produce um, what is currently the latest, and I I'm I'm inclined to think the best incarnation of the classical system. We'll we'll get on to how it does what it does and what's good about the system in a little while. I think I I, I think we're doing this, Roger, because. We want to show that we are not um, just GURPS enthusiasms, and we don't always say. <laughs> I think, 
I think I could do this much better in GURPS. There are th places where I quarrel with uh, with what Traveller is and what it does, but I don't quarrel as much as I do I, I do with some systems. My goodness, not not as nearly as much as I do with some systems. So, okay, it's fair enough. To, so let's go. Let's shall we go to Mongoose? Yeah. So two versions of this have come out. Mm. Um, the first edition in 2008 was uh, both the conventional uh, rulebook approach and an open gaming SRD that other people were allowed to build games round. Mm. Um, and they, they've now... Uh, 2016, they brought out the second edition, which no longer has any open content in it. Yeah. Because, you know, the D20 boom is over. Uh, oh, yeah, there was a disastrous D20 version as well. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I don't think anybody played that. There was a bundle of holding for Drongo's Traveller V2 in May of 2021, and we probably mm. talked about it at the time. Uh, that that was essentially rewritten by Matthew Sprange. I think that's how he pronounces it. Uh, and you have just lent me the 2022 update to the core rulebook. Yeah. Uh, which is not a mere... Fix fix a few bugs and, and pretty it up a bit. Um, this is a whole new layout. Um, that there are substantial rewrites in it, and they do in fact fix a few, but more than a few bugs. Um, so uh, yeah, this is a mongoose product. They always that always meant lots of lovely ideas, never enough proofing or editing. <sighs> it's just the way they do things. I'm a perfectionist, and I don't have the rent to pay. So yeah. <laughs> I, I I have found Mongoose... I mean, uh, I don't have Roger's eye for detail. What was it you looked at that flowchart and said, um, ah, they fixed it in this edition? The thing on whether you get basic training or when you get basic training. All oh, right. Uh, the rules are quite explicit that it happens when you start your first career. Yeah. Uh, whereas the flowchart said whenever you start a new career. That, that has been fixed in the update. Oh, in good. I'm glad. If if you actually read the text in the rules rather than um, oh who does that just following the flowchart then that's fine but <laughs> okay the thing I the thing I really like about this um, yeah. and I'm sure it's a deliberate choice is that overall it feels a lot like classic traveller cleaned mm. up and made a bit more sensible so for example you always rolled two d six plus a modifier to do stuff yeah. But in the old days, there is a great big table of every possible weapon and every possible piece of armour that gives you a modifier to hit. Because mm. armour doesn't absorb damage, armour makes you harder to damage. Uh. And this was just a pain. Uh, so so that's gone. So now you, you roll 2d6 to hit, you've got a difficulty based on range, uh, maybe the target evading makes it harder, and the armour will now absorb some number of points of damage variable depending on what sort of armour and what sort of damage, but mm. essentially it's just like a normal game. A standard roll is 2d6 plus your stat mod plus your skill against a target number for the difficulty. So th this is great. Th this is, frankly, this is the sort of game I can run nearly in my sleep because everything funnels down to that core mechanic and I know roughly how it works. The How, how, do you do, how, does it, how well does it deal with skills that you don't quite have? I uh, I'm not I'm not sure there's a, there's a fairly extensive skill list but it looks to me as though it's been chopped down from some earlier versions and uh made simpler and broader. 
Yeah, uh, there there is a difficult there is a distinction which I find a little disconcerting, uh, which is that there is a distinct a difference between you don't have this skill and you have this skill at level zero. Uh, level zero is basically you can make a roll against it. You've had the basic introduction. Mm. So you can you can roll your you know two d six plus your intelligence mod plus your level zero engineering because you know roughly what an engineering control panel looks like. If you don't have the skill at all, mm. uh, then you've got a minus three, which does mean they finally fixed jack of all trades. I think that, which which was a, a weird skill in the classic rules. That, well, I think they finally booted jack of all trades, or is it still in there somewhere? No, no, it's still in there. Um, basically, you can have up to three levels of it if if you can get it at all. It's quite hard to get now. Um, and each level adds one against that minus three unskilled penalty. So if you manage to get level mm. three JOT, you effectively have skill level zero in everything. Yeah. Which is which is nice. It's neat. It's simple. It works. I mean, this is great. I think it's also out of GURPS Traveller, more or less. Well, GURPS Traveller uses the standard GURPS default system. Yeah. Which is... But there was an advantage called Jack of, Jack of All Trades, which which did precisely what you're saying to uh, to default values. Fair um, enough. Fair enough. And it does feel very much like somebody's house rules on top of the classic traveller system. Mm. And I like that. Um, it was never a really a thing about dying in character generation. That was there in the original edition, but mm. as soon as they started publishing updates, that, that started getting changed, and it turned out to be, you know, you get invalided out or whatever. Uh, that is now significantly expanded. Just... You basically get a... Yeah, so you still have the the thing that is called a survival roll. Um, yeah, that's just a nice simple thing to call it. But if you fail it, then you roll on a mishap table that is specific to the career you are in. This is all pre-game. I should I should point out. And th- yeah. this this retains the thing that Traveller introduced of you have had something of a career in whatever service or services. Yeah, uh, this um, is before, this before is what you enter play. This is what they call the life. Well. What is generically called a life path uh, character generation system, and it was yeah. the first of the big. Um, it was the first of the big innovations in uh, in Traveller. I would say that 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 uh, that uh, that you had a character who had been detailed to some extent by his previous history. Uh, what it tended to, tended and probably tends to produce is people who have taken early retirement. Or have been booted out of their their old jobs, or have pushed it to the point at which they are aged gits like you and me, barely falling apart, but desperately experiment, desperately experienced. And uh, that reminds me of somebody. I wonder who. Oh yeah, we we know everything. <laughs> Trust <laughs> us on this. Um, we we have jack of jack of know it all. We have. So, looking at the navy mishaps table, for example. Yeah. One one possibility is you are blamed for an accident that causes the death of several crew members. You decide. If you were responsible, then you gain one free roll on the skills and training tables before you're rejected from this career as your guilt drives you to excel. If you were not, gain the officer who blamed you as an enemy, but keep your benefit roll from this turn, which you would normally lose because you're getting chucked out. Yeah. I have have generated characters... And all of these are hooks for... For future... Uh, uh, storylines, which is the big difference between uh, Mongoose Traveller and the earlier versions. Mongoose is 
putting in a lot of stuff to generate role-playing and generate connections between uh, the player characters so that they can be in each other's backstory in much the same way that characters in Fate uh, tend to be. Yeah, why, why is it that you guys are choosing to spend time in a small ship together? There has to be some reason. When, you know, you could, um, you could be sitting at home re- spent drinking up your pension. Yeah. Earlier, er, earlier Traveller tended to be very much like early role-playing games in as much as it didn't cater uh, to role-playing very much. And the core system still doesn't. But the character generation brings about, gives characters history, gives... Um, things you can explore after the pilot episode is over and people you can bring in who they already know, friends, allies, enemies and contacts are there in the core rules and that is a major improvement on, on, on Classic Traveller. There's also the skill package uh, which is yeah. used for once you have got the party together. Uh, he, basically, here is the bunch of skills that somebody in the party should have. You, you you can choose from among several, but it's things like you know pilot, navigation, engineer, and so on. And each player gets to choose one to have level one in, hmm. just so that a yeah. so that you you've got that um, minimal skill base, but also b so that you've got the yeah we have all decided together who's going to be doing what. Yeah, the, 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 there is no nobody does anybody know how to repair the jump drives moments. Uh, yes, but he's also the medic and he's unconscious. <laughs> yeah. uh, Cross training is so useful. There's also uh, there has been for some time the options of detailing the uh, the player's uh, childhood and background on a particular planet. And we should probably mention, I, I should definitely mention at this moment the time, the Traveller Companion, uh, which is for was originally for the first edition, but I think is still uh, very useful um, uh, in, the revi- in the current revised active Second Mongoose. Second Mongoose Revised is what's happening at the moment. Um, uh, uh, tra- uh, the Companion provides you with... Um, uh, the tra- companion provides you with alternate means of uh, character generation, including a point by system, and uh, one or two suggestions about bringing more uh, modern, new age sort of uh, resolution systems in, and things like something that looks like Benny's and um, and player narrative and that sort of thing. Uh, I would say that Traveller would probably improve for some bennies. The once you've got your character, what do you do with him? Uh, what are the sorts of adventures? Pay off their medical debt. Yeah, I hated that uh, as a rule. That's bringing that's bringing American um, politics uh, into into the game again. And and it really it really annoys me that um, I, I think one thinks there. of it from one should think of it from the other way, which is that there are lots of things in the generation system which will knock points of your off your stats. Yeah, and this is some way of saying yeah you you can have some of those points back, 
but at the cost of, well, you've got to go out and adventure in order that they don't repossess your leg. Mm. I've... Uh, well, that that one of the main motivations of uh, of core traveller role playing uh, tends to be the debts, you, the incredible debts you have to pay off uh, for your starship. All right, but the name of the game is Traveller, and it's not about the people who stay on planets, uh, by and large. The uh, I'm sure there are people who've used Traveller to have adventures on one particular world. Uh, there are people who've used Traveller to do um, uh, uh, classical age Greek Aegean trading, but uh, that, they're, they're just a little eccentric. Um, but by and large, your <laughs> your Traveller game is going to be about moving between the stars. And uh, it strikes me that there are several um, subcategories of how this works. First of all, there's a, there's a subcategory. Do you have your own starship, or is it or is it one you're being given for duty? And the duty driven campaigns are the ones about um, being in the in the in the forces and the services, being a scout or or in the navy in the navy, um, or uh, or in the or in the army or marines, and going out and doing what your superiors tell you to. Then there's the then there's the picaresque um, sort of game, which is wandering um, from place to place, and it's most typically somebody who's been given a detached uh, scout ship, which basically they just have to pay the uh, the rent and extraordinary main- and routine maintenance on, and they they can take it wherever they like as long as they're there to be called in for special jobs. Um, and that's the sort of campaign you can take anywhere. Well, the, the other thing with the detached scout service is that they will um, pay a little extra if you bring back intelligence reports from interesting places where the scouts don't officially go. Yeah, that's fun too. Uh, but the, 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 the detached scout service is, is a pure GM's tool and, and a delight. And the last one is where you have your own spaceship, but you have to pay for it. And that is the classical traveller um, trader campaign, which tends to wander around a circuit of worlds, more or less. And you are exploring a region and uh, sometimes returning to base. There are currently two major campaigns which are being published, I think we should mention at this point, which is the Pirates of Drinax and the Reft campaigns. The Pirates of Drinax, you probably know more about than I do, since you actually played in it. Well, I, I played one tranche of it. I don't know how far through the actual campaign material we've got, but because we may return to that at some point, I haven't read it. No, quite. Uh, What's it like from... That was, I believe, published complete for Mongoose Traveller version 1. Mm. And they seem to be, I mean, there are at least six adventures published now, um, as well as the actual campaign book and background information and stuff. There's an awful lot of this stuff. Um, I should say that at least the first edition one seemed quite open-ended. You know, you've got this overall goal, but how you go about it is not at all clearly defined. Yeah. And you are... Um, That said, we had fun with it. 
Yeah, uh, you are. Yeah, that it's actually a, a, another type of traveling where you are returning to a permanent base and doing things for um, for the bosses of that permanent base. It has to be noted that breaking the law seems to be uh, baked in to some extent into into travel. I'm, I I have been told that this is um, a a feature, not a bug. That you can't quite afford to um, uh, pay for your, uh, for your for your incredibly expensive starship in most trader campaigns, so you're you're always looking for odd little jobs. It's not quite like um, Firefly. Firefly is very much obviously influenced by Traveller, but um, oh yeah, you're, you're not doing you're not out out to misbehave all the time. And crime is not your your default set of behaviour, but it's certainly one of the possibilities for extra income uh, in, in Traveller. I think while the, I, the the my experience with the trade system isn't that it's completely biased against the players, you can do do well uh, on speculative trade, but it is always a bit uncertain. And even if you're making a profit this time, you may not make one next time. So, I th- I think there is definitely a feeling that you want to be a bit hungry. As a party, mm. and and I think it's certainly set up towards that. Yeah, you know, open to a a little local entanglement, and let's face it, you're going away soon anyway. What what do you really care what they think of you? Here? Yeah, that is um, that is that is actually a bit of a driver in travel and a disadvantage that you can get into your ship and go away. You can write Finney under any star system that doesn't block your way to somewhere where you want to go. And uh, there's something about having a sense of no ties and um, and no deep entanglement with the lo- local people, which tends towards extreme behaviour. At least I once found myself aiming <laughs> a starship at the, uh, at the headquarters of the local town and saying, See if I'm bluffing, sunshine. It's not a, pl- a behaviour you'll find me when I'm in me when I'm p- playing other games. I do assure you. I was going to mention I have bought the one of the bits of the Reft Camp uh, aim, which is the Glimmer Drift Reaches Adventures, and I think I may run it for some time. Which is going to be a naval-based campaign of exploration. Though um, going to strange new worlds is theoretically possible in the Third Imperium, you have to travel a fair distance from where the campaigns are mostly set to get to real unexplored territory. And this is planned to go go there at the behest of the Emperor, God bless him. Yeah, this is the one part of classic SF, as Mark Miller cited, that I I think Traveller is... Well, it sort of supports. Um, yeah. That it doesn't do it well, because... Well, originally it didn't have a setting at all. I mean, there were these little hints here and there, but yeah. much like original D&D, it was expected that you would generate your own world. Your I think, own universe, I, in this case. I, the first thing I tried to build with uh, with Traveller was uh, the the universe of the moting god's eye. It didn't work terribly well, but but I but, but I learned things about the system. The uh, but but the thing is, given that yeah. uh, what you would be expected to do is say, well, yeah, okay, we well we can do exploration, but when we when we spin up a new world using the world generation system, what we get is 
it's just a world, you know, it's got this kind of government, it's got this sort of population, it's got the, yeah. these sort of weird local customs and physics and whatnot. And there's 2300 AD, which obviously came rather later, 20, Traveller 2300 yeah. slash 2300 AD, had a bit more of that. But he, even that was much more focused on you are going to this world that hasn't been widely explored yet. And, and meeting the unexpected local wildlife than it was on you are the first people ever to set foot on this world. There is, they baked into the um, background, and it's fairly deeply baked, an assumption that there have been waves of previous civilizations um, dating back to that, that great science fiction cliche, the ancients. Um, who, who, who are used to explain a lot of the background. And if you were creating a campaign of going out and seeing things that nobody had ever seen before, you wouldn't have the background of, of, of Standard Traveller and you wouldn't have the Imperium as your default, um, as your default, as your default society, I think. Uh, which does make it a little confusing mm. to wonder just what the scout service is actually for. Yeah, this... um, yes, there are things they can do, uh, but they're not doing the thing you expect scouts to do. Well, quite. I, th- I think the the scouts are a bureaucratic survival, or uh, uh, they, they might be uh, um, a bit of uh, of satire or, or ironic commentary on uh, the state of the federal government. But I, I, I don't think they were thinking that deep when they stuck them in. I think they just let's have some scouts. Yeah, yeah, scouts. Go with the scouts. Yeah, uh, they're, they're fun. Yeah, um, and even if they are in the setting mostly glorified postmen, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're still a lot cooler than those stuck-up navy types. I bet have stiff collars on their uniforms. Okay, Stop what is coming off? Yeah. What is it that the traveller does well? Do you think? Um, at this point in my gaming life, a lot of what it does well is is be familiar. Um, mm. I'm I've been running it at the moment uh, with with Watson Hall. I'm planning to have what I expect will be the last session of it. In fact, this evening after we record this, um, and. Well, what, what one of us has has said before that GURPS Traveller is all very well, but but to him it doesn't feel like Traveller because it feels like GURPS, mm. even if it's in the Traveller setting. Yeah, this is a rule set that to me at least does feel like Traveller. Uh, it's also very simple. The skill list is short enough you can have it on a single page character sheet. Um, humans are very fragile in the face of high tech weapons, which is something I always like. Mm-hmm. Uh, are your players that enthusiastic? Well, they, they haven't been shot at yet. Uh, the adventure yeah. I've been running, uh, High and Dry, which is by uh, Martin Doherty, hmm. is designed as an introductory adventure. Which it's basically, well, congratulations, you got out of the scouts and we've got your ship. You'll have to go and collect it. It's in reasonably and good condition. spreads out from there. Probably uh, into rather rather a nice and unless the players make it happen, combat free adventure. It's it's basically here here is a bunch of stuff on this planet. 
uh, here are some of the weirdnesses of this planet. Here, here are some of the weirdnesses surrounding this particular ship and the things that are happening nearby. And that, to me, is what a traveller adventure should be. You know, you could hang around on the planet and, and be fated as heroes for a bit, though, you know, they're going to get bored with you quite soon. Um, but essentially, you you go to the place, you do the thing, and then you travel on. And that that sort of story, I mean, all right, we, we always come back to the Western. Uh, but I, th- I think it's a good one. Uh, you know, the, the, the PCs at least have the possibility of leaving the place slightly better than when they arrived, also hmm. with a ship. Yeah. Uh, driving and motivating um, is always going to be... Uh... It's always going to be a, a thing that every game designer has to has to um, has to consider. I'm not sure. I I, th- I as I said before, I, I I think the fact that you can leave can be both can be a disadvantage as well as an advantage, because uh, uh, getting them to care about the little planet bound people can be somewhat difficult. Traveller isn't a game. That defines uh, uh, the PC's personalities uh, very much. Those are things that uh, the players are going mm. to have to improvise um, in, in playing. And you are travellers. You have a different culture from the planet bound and different concerns and different interests. And that is both an advantage and a disadvantage. You can, Like Shane, you can always ride out of town and go on. Hmm. I I think I uh, I yeah I mean I I think this is really a similar problem to uh, motivating Call of Cthulhu investigator PCs. Ah yeah. Uh, you know if you there are quite a lot of situations in which a reasonable person would say, "Wow, that was scary." I think I'm not going to turn over any more rocks that are shaped like that. And I'm and not going to read what, any books that look uh, like that. Well, I think. I think Trade of Cthulhu did first, and I believe Modern Call of Cthulhu has something analogous now. Uh, is basically say, as part of character generation, why are you the sort of person who does turn over the rocks and read the books? What is yeah. it that you're trying to get out of this? Drives. I can't recall if there's and any... It, it's not so much that that in itself must be important. It is that you're, you're making the players complicit in generating the sort of character who does this sort of stuff. Yeah, uh, they're, they're, because Mark Miller didn't believe in character advancement as a real thing um, after you're about 12, all right, well, after you're about 21. Um, I After you leave the military. After you leave the military, you only grow up whilst you're in the military. Yeah, that's an assumption of this system. Uh, it, because uh, because of that, your character isn't going to earn experience points. He isn't going to earn um, more skills. He is going to get money and knowledge and and wounds and scars, uh, but he isn't isn't going to improve. <laughs> and that takes away one primary driver for role playing uh, gamers who like to level up. It's sad but true. But well, originally, I, yeah, I, did I, I can, have improvement. Uh, you, you could do a four-year college take, course and have a chance yeah. of getting plus one in a skill. Yeah, yeah I'm just going to take my character off to uh, uh, to 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 university again and do, do a second degree, 
you chaps won't be doing anything interesting for the next four years, will you? Uh, it was strongly implied that you could actually do this part-time between adventuring, to be fair. But that was still mm. four years of game time that you were expected to take before you had the chance of getting possibly plus one in a skill. Uh, I'm not sure if, that's, if that sort of open university deal is implied in, uh, in, some of the, in some of the modern material. It would make an awful amount of sense, and I would imagine the, the Imperial Navy encourages you to do that sort of thing on the long, long watches between, the, uh, between jumping out and jumping <laughs> back in again. Uh, Unless they just stick you in the low berths for three years. How do you feel? Well, somebody's somebody's got to make sure that the ship doesn't blow up while everybody else is asleep. Um, how do you feel about this? This isn't uh, a setting or a system which does what is now considered high technology. Um, what is now considered the extreme possibilities of um, science fiction. Things like artificial intelligence. Well, look at that list of sources again. Yes, We'd, well, quite. It e- 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 all pre-computer. It was written before home computer revolution had got as far as home computers. It's not surprising that he didn't didn't put that in. And that's, I think, one of the things that ties it most to the SF of the same sort of period that he, that he was being influenced by. Um, and it, I will admit it does seem quite perverse to be running running this game surrounded by computers more powerful than the computers in most traveller spacecraft and keeping notes on a, on paper with a fountain pen. But <laughs> yeah. that's a separate consideration. Um, yeah, it, it's... Uh, the, this this edition... Well, this isn't the first edition to do it. Uh, you, you can get cybernetic boosts in a minor way, you know, interface jacks and things like yeah. that. Um and you can have a hand computer, but you probably don't have an implanted computer, even now. Yeah. It's... I I think it's just not really that sort of SF. I mean, you can do it, but it's not really mm. what the game is about. All the... It's not really a good fit for it. All That's the feeling the, I get, anyway. Yeah, all of the, the really high-tech... The, 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 the really wonder-tech stuff in in the Traveller background is... Is stuff that they've cobbled together from the ancients and don't really understand well. Uh, there is one high fantasy element, and that the, is the psionics. other thing: is the nineteen seventies vision of future tech is very high energy. Mm. Um, you know, we we will have energy storage that will give us laser pistols and gauss weapons and stuff but, like that. But we still prefer and, slug and throwers, magic space drives that that don't need reaction mass. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to the things that have actually happened, which which is much more about you know do, do, doing more with the stuff you already had on site, you just weren't bothering to use, and now now you can use this and it's practically free. Mm. Um, look look up energy micro harvesting sometime; it's really fascinating. The, uh, so the, this the, the mongoose edition that we're talking about, I think, is a bit of a compromise between these. So you know, you do still have um, portable computers. But the the smallest one is still half a kilogram. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, you you don't just casually strap it to your wrist. Yeah, the, the, there are places where the where the modern understanding of technology has um, had to overwrite the uh, the 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 very nineteen seventies feel of 
you wouldn't be you would tell, tell you what you wouldn't be surprised to find people in the original traveler setting still using slide rules and um, that it was that sort mm-hmm. there was that sort of feel for what science and tech was the uh, but there there have been compromises like saying the huge computers of the original edition were actually supposed to include the all the avionics and uh, and flight controls of an entire starship and, and not just the the brains of it and they're sort of reaching towards the idea of allowing um AIs as um, NPCs, if not as char- uh, characters, and um, nanotech, and the and the really the extreme sort of predictions for uh, for medicine and biology that that brings out aren't there. And and if you want it, you aren't gonna you aren't gonna be able to do, able to do it easily in uh, in Traveller. Traveller has psionics, though, which is one sort of high fantasy element that was traditional at the time and got included in the setting. I always felt they saw that the original setting sort of hated the size uh, because it, it made them illegal and unappreciated and a thing the enemy did, uh, the enemy being the sinister Zodani over there on the Spinwood borders. It reminds me a lot of um, actually a D and D psionics, which is similarly, you know, you probably can't get them, mm. and if you can get them, you're going to be rubbish at them. And it's not even a thing that that enemies have particularly. It's just here. Here is a system we 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 made up and plugged on at the side. It's never been a big part of my traveller games. I mean, it's much more a thing that yeah, your your Jordani spy enemy might have rather than something PCs specialise in. You could, I suppose, have a party of PC side, but you would have to at least tweak the character generation a bit to make sure that worked. Yeah, the, uh, there are uses. Uh, yeah, the, some of the some of the psionic skills are um, nerfed very badly, and the others aren't terribly well... I I've never found I I've never found any tendency to in Traveller to try and think like an alien or even like a human with powers that aren't um aren't of the norm who might think differently. I may be I may be being uh, unfair. It here. was fifteen years from first publication to oh wow we got a book about aliens and the aliens are well. What do you get? You've got uh, of the of the six major races. Uh, you've got the uh, Aslan, who are lion people. You have the Vaga, who are genetically modified uh, Terran dogs uh, on two legs. Well, well, can can we just stop there? Because those are the aliens you can generate in the core rules mm. of the system we're looking at. Yeah, uh, the ones who are basically quite close to human. I mean, they've got some interesting psychology. Um, the Aslan have have this whole in inbuilt acquisition of territory thing. The Varga have this follow the charismatic leader thing. Um, they are still usable as PCs, um, apart from anything else. Mm. Unlike the Kukri, you can get a sane one who is not living with its own kind. But 
Yeah, the the Kree. It's, it's if there, there's not a lot on the alien psychology here in this book. Hmm. I I not I'm saying I from what I've read there is not a huge amount of the alien psychology at all. Um, I do find the Hivers fascinating, but that's probably just me and my proclivity for conspiracies. Um, they're, they're... <laughs> well, both, both uh, Classic Traveller and GURPS Traveller had series of books on aliens of various sorts, mm-hmm. and both series were pretty good. And if, if I were using aliens to any extent... Uh, I would definitely be looking at those as my source material. I don't know whether uh, Mongoose is planning to either republish or rewrite a new series of those. Uh, there's there's a lot of material out there, let's put it that way. It yeah. just doesn't seem to have been a publishing priority. One of the good things about Traveller is that there is a huge legacy of material. Most of it's still um, available, if not actually in physical print, then as PDFs. And people, large numbers of people have been churning out uh adventures and locations and organizations and stuff that you can put into your campaign even i suspect even more than uh glorantha your traveler universe your third imperium even will vary because you can't possibly include yeah, everything. The, the, the abbreviation that traveler fans use when talking about this is imtu in my traveler universe uh, there's even a yeah. checklist somewhere of the standard points of contention that were never really defined in the background material until it was too late and people had made their own decisions about how they worked for them. Uh, the great thing about this system, particularly, is yeah. because it is your 2d6 against a standard target, you can look at classic traveller adventures and simply drop them in with little or no modification. Um, Mega Traveller and Traveller New Era will be a little bit more work, but not a lot more work. So even uh, they've produced a reasonable number of adventures here, but even when you run out of those, um, there are definite poss- There's a lot of material that you can bodge in with very little game mechanical effort. I must admit that I was one of the ones who fled with joy from uh, from the the, tra- the Traveller of the Great Civil War back to the alternate universe of GURPS Traveller. And I don't feel that inclined to mm-hmm. uh, to reincarnate very many aspects of it. There, there, is a, there, are, there are a lot of uh, special circumstances type organisations have been written over the years. And one of my favourites is IRIS, the Imperial Regency for Intelligence and Security, out of, uh, out of Traveller of the New Era. Um, and I, pro- I probably reincarnate them for any um, any game that I might be, might be using. They make very nice, um, subtle spy masters in the background. The, the, there is a whole hell of a lot of traveller. Yeah, it doesn't intimidate me the way RuneQuest, Glorantha, or um, Emperor of the Petal Throne does i think possibly because i was there for more of it i mean i was playing Mm. traveler from about the second edition on and off so i was at least vaguely aware of how it was changing and moving on over time yeah uh it's you will tell me quite rightly that i should not be intimidated by these other things oh go on be intimidated at least a bit you know you know you know a lot of stuff and i I, I need a little bit of superiority runequest campaign was that all dark (laughs) or all duck uh Wow. 
all duck. All right. Really, what what do you expect of me? Uh, <laughs> Will there be darkwing ducks? But yeah, it, it is. There there is a lot of it, but I think this book is a reasonably decent entry to it. It gives gives you a high level view of this is basically mm. the way things work, and then drills down to okay, in this particular subsector we're going to talk about uh, in the mm. back of the book. Here are some specific worlds and trouble you can get into on them. Yeah, I think. Uh... I think the the great thing about Traveller is because it is separated into worlds and into sec- subsectors and intersectors. It can be modular from a point of view of background. The Spinwood marches are a long way from the rest of the Imperium, and uh, and so and so is the Solomani Rim, and 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 there has been a specialisation in publishing about. Uh, border regions, though that I believe one of their one of Mungoose's next projects is to write about the core of the Third Imperium and uh, being involved in uh, in court politics at Capital, which would be fun for certain for certain um, definitions of fun. I I I. But I I agree with you. It would have to be its own campaign. It's not something you could. No, readily blend in with the more conventional. We're going from world to world, causing trouble. Tra- travel times are a ma- major factor, which gives this universe its its flavour. It is deliberately trying to emulate uh, the great age of sail and discovery of Earth, when a ship's captain can be Horatio Hornblower on the far side of the planet from his his lords and masters, and having to make decisions that are going to affect uh, the Empire and not really knowing what's going on. Which is, which is an, an, an attraction mm. and, uh, and, um, and also a problem. Yeah, yeah the, the, the fastest reliable communication, the express boats, mm. will cover four parsecs a week and it has to be from world to world so you don't get to use that in a straight line. Um, and when you've got a sector that is... You know, forty parsecs across. Yeah. Um, you you cannot micromanage. Basically, a thing that's happening in a, the the way a friend of mine talks about GURPS combat, um, because GURPS combat is happening second by second, and the speeds you're moving at are vaguely realistic for humans moving around. Generally, you cannot actually go from one combat to another in time to make a difference to it. There, it's resolved. Yeah, and it, by it, the time it, you get the there, basic idea here. Yeah. Um, I, I am. F- it's over. Talk- yeah. Talking of of SF influences from the Golden Age, I am reminded of something in one of the uh, Cordwainer Smith's uh, uh, stories about the instrumentality, uh, which says this is a binding decision, except if three laws of the instrumentality met in uh, uh, met in conclave should happen to disagree. And I feel that the empire is like is like that. It's um, get on with your business and and to do it properly. But we'll come down on your neck from a great height uh, should we ever find out about this. So follow the traditions of the empire. That's that's the thing we're encouraging here. One of the things that is definitely an IMTU setting is just how much influence does the Empire have in mm. individual systems? You know, is there an Imperial patrol boat in every in every star system that's got more than a trivial population? This is not something that the background ever bothered to mention. 
you know, if if you want to call for help from the Empire because you're an Imperial citizen being harassed on this world, what can you do? Is there an Imperial consulate you can go to? Do you have to physically get there? Uh, what kind of force can they bring to bear and how quickly I, um, if they do decide to intervene on your behalf? And so on. I, I, I tend towards a model which says... Um, that off the main trade routes, there is going to be an imperial legate who handles imperial business. But um, it might just be one man in, in an office with a part-time secretary and a dog. But it, it, but he is the imperial legate and he is the voice of the emperor in the system. And he has to bluff a lot, I would imagine. And, hmm. uh, and yeah... Uh, one thing that pu- I, I, I'm, I'm not saying this is a bad way of doing it. It's very similar to the way I would do it. I'm, but my point is that the, the background does not define it. No, no, it is. It is definitely a choice, and and it and it's one that you don't become aware of until you're some way into the system. It's like some in some ways. It's like the choices you have to make in setting up the Order of Hermes. And the assumptions um, that adventures make in order to make adventures possible may not may conflict with the things that you have always been assuming about the setting. Uh, mm-hmm. One thing that puzzles me um, is how uh, how pirates work, because that in <laughs> canon their their piracy is a thing to be worried about and a trade that can make money. And I've never been entirely sure. The the pirates of Drimax in the basic uh, the basic uh, cell is 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 a very unlikely um, uh, setup as far as I can see. But but the, but the monarch of Drimax thinks it's a it's a great idea and um, and thinks he can get away with it. Mm. But piracy, given that. And and his his daughter is unmarried and very rich. I feel I ought to point out. Uh, uh, is she beautiful as well? Should we ask or not? Uh, oh, probably. Uh, pro- probably. I mean, I mean, all heiresses are beautiful. That's all right. That you you're the one who likes Georgette hair. Yes, all right. All heiresses are beautiful. <laughs> I will agree with that. Especially the unknown ones who don't know that they are heiresses are especially beautiful. The there is a lot you can do um, with this setting. Um, I'm sure there are opportunities that haven't been done. Um, somebody doing a Deep Space Nine as um, as a, as a, a, a fixed point in your campaign, uh, a, a a starport in a particularly uh, sensitive location is, uh, is is something that could be done. Um, John M. Ford did a book for GURPS Traveller um, about about the Imperial Starports Authority, and uh, I, I feel that's something that could be done by by somebody, but maybe it goes against the general ethos of the campaigns. Yeah, and another thing that I I regard as standard uh, because of when I was growing up and reading things um, is that well, obviously you have you have an orbital port, yeah, high port. Because then your long-range ships do not need to carry all that armor and landing gear and crap for landing on planets, yeah, and, and your ships and the, that land on planets don't need to carry all that jump drive crap. Yeah, uh, that, and that if I, you have some sort of system of containerization, 
there, there is actually a, a GURPS Traveller supplement about the standard container pod, which is a little strange and a little obsessive, but quite fun. Containerization the, is great. <laughs> yeah, you made me. You, you made me read that book. Book about it. Let's put it into 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 the into the show notes. We liked <laughs> we like travel. I especially like this edition because they have they've stepped away from the uh, bare bones approach which they took with first edition mongoose in imitation of the classic uh, traveller uh, booklets. Upgrading it from digest size up to uh, a full page uh, size, but very much like the uh, the tra- they they traveller black and white um, booklets, um, which are still available and still well worth revi- reviving and building into your current day campaign. But nowadays they've gone for the luxury full and- color treatment, and I think it is actually an improvement. And I, I feel that they're doing it intelligently and um, and not just splashing out for things that look good. Yeah, there, there are lots of good. pictures of what this bit of equipment looks like, which I always like. Mm. I don't necessarily agree with all of them, particularly combat armour is meant to be sealed, and the book says it's sealed, so showing it with an open-face helmet is not all that great. But um, they, they're using it for that, and un- unlike the... Um, first printing of the first mongoose traveler which was black and white art they they have rather toned down the look this person has breasts theme about damn time <sighs> okay so so there the, i i liked the uh, uh if you if you get a chance look, look at the companion stuff about uh, animals and al- alien encounters and uh, Generally, I'm 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 enthusing about this. I hope someday soon to get a chance to to run some. I'm inclined to go off down uh, down the Glimmerdrift reaches and uh, and chase through previously unexplored systems to find something that the Empire is desperately worried about. That would probably be my idea of fun uh, for for the uh, for my. If you my, run it where I can guess it, I'm interested. Okay, let, let me let me think about that. But I think we generally have high praise for this uh, version of Traveller, and for Traveller in general. It was part of our growing up, I think it's only fair to say, in as much as we have, you know, grown up. Yeah. And it... I, mean, I, I think the thing is, accept its limitations. If you want to tell transhuman space, well, there's transhuman space, and this would not be a great fit for it. No. Uh, there is a a traveller um, book for what was the thing Sarah Newton did Mindjammer. Uh-huh. There is an official traveller Mindjammer. For some uh, reason that so you, so you can do that setting in this. Yeah. But frankly, this this rule set is not a great fit for that setting. It has been very influential. I, we, I mentioned Firefly and the, uh, earlier on, and that is that feels awfully like a low down. Um, a traveller campaign, though the setting is is very different from the Third Imperium and also does not make a great deal of sense, let me mention in passing. Um, there have been a lot of mil-SF um, TV shows, I think Space Above and Beyond and things like that, which have been influenced by the feel of the mil-SF, or maybe, maybe Traveller and they are just part of the same community. Um, yeah, 
I wouldn't recommend it to do every sort of military science fiction. Um, something like Honor Harrington needs um, uh, a system of its own. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely there in the DNA of a lot of stuff people are still writing. Um, because people had fun doing this. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's still enjoyable to play. Um, except its limitations, um, at rip, as with any game, really. But it can do the thing it does. Hmm. And it can do it pretty darn well. And I would say, if you're going to be doing a long campaign, not just one adventure, then I'd say plan for the things that you are going to introduce later in the game. No matter how peripatetic you're wondering about is, uh, use those uh, those hooks that are built into the character and provide hooks of your own right from the start in the background of the early material. And I think you could build to a campaign that's going to be successful and thematic as well. Hmm. All right. I think we've said enough. has been Improvised Radio Theatre with Dice. And if you'd like to tell us about your adventures across the spaceways and the time you were presented to the Emperor, you can reach us via... Leave a message on the website or email podcast at tekeli.ly And next time we... Uh, we hope to be back next time.